Are we ready? I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready. Andrew? Okay. Nod from Andrew. Okay. Have a great show, everybody. Break a leg. Smiles. Smiles, everyone. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast, your weekly shot of typography news and notes, where we'll share with you some new type releases from the past week and what has got us thinking in the world of type design or creativity. The Interrogang Podcast is an extension of Proof & Co., a website dedicated to the ever-changing landscape of independent typography and bridging the gap between type designers and type consumers through insightful content and research. I'm your host, Joshua Dick, along with Interrogang co-host, the incredibly talented and committed type enthusiast, and a man whose handwriting, and this is scientifically proven, is eight million times better than mine, Kyle Reed. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great, Josh. Good to see you. Enjoy the week off. Yeah, it was a nice week off. I got a chance to do a little traveling, um, work on my handwriting. Apparently, I disagree with your fact for today. I don't think is it too that small? It's better than yours. Ten million. You don't think it's? No, I refuse to believe that it's <laughs> not at all better than mine. There's not a human alive other than me who can read mine, whereas yours mm. is as if chiseled by angels. Oh, I don't know about that, but thanks. Well, we'll ask around. Here in the Interrogang, we hope to simply serve as conversation starters, and hopefully we'll pique your interest in topics that get you thinking about new things in exciting ways, or old things in deeper ways. We will be referring to the Proof & Co. weekly newsletter in this and every episode, which you can subscribe to at proofco.xyz to use as a visual reference. Here we are in week 20, 2021. Hello, everybody. And yes, we have some releases from week 20 and actually beforehand because we were off this last week. So first up is a release from week 19. So not this past week, but the week before. Uh, It is another font with a uh, bit of a strange name. Occupant Fonts has released Mantar. Mantar. A family described as a psychedelic Scotch Roman. Right there. That's enough for me. To hook me because, you know, if it's coming out of Occupant, you know it's going to have some charm and delight baked into the start. But psychedelic, that's a pretty good hook. Anyway, Mantar is a family of 12 fonts of Roman and Italic styles across six weights and inspired by a photo lettering specimen that designer Sam Eskenazi stumbled across in his research. Mantar explores a more analog and imperfect take on the traditionally stodgy style of the Scotch Roman and certainly delivers on that occupant charm I was expecting. It's got a pinchy design quirk in the numerals, rounded corners, so it feels like it's a, a bit, it's been around a bit longer than just a week, <laughs> uh, and some pretty fun executions as the styles go from light to ultra in weight. Um, it feels old school and new school at the same time, pretty funky. Mantar is also released with a simple yet enthralling mini site to tell its story. Highly recommend that experience. Uh, from this week, the f- uh, the first font I want to cover is MD Primer from Mass Driver. MD Primer is a sans serif family of six Roman style fonts, no italics, uh, that explore both our American and European grotesques, complete with warts and all. So not cleaning it up, really diving into the authentic experience of the grotesque. 
I think this is actually a really good grouping to bring up with with Mantar because uh, it's an exercise in imperfection, uh, which I really, really like. Uh, it's as opposed to the majority of fonts these days that are released with perfection in mind, you know, to the pixel, sharp corners, all that. Um, yeah, so I haven't been able to stop looking at these fonts in MD Primer uh, since they were released on Monday, and I don't know why. Perhaps it's got to do with the selling line from Mass Driver, which says, quote, from the mismatched proportions to the surplus curves, MD Primer is a celebration of the unrefined. I really like that. I don't know. They put in artifacts that would have been found in older specimens of this style, like they manufactured them into a new typeface, uh, which gives, uh, I think, it gives this typeface a level of warmth, an extra level of love. The other thing I like about MD Primer is that it's a prime example of what we've been seeing in the better type designs coming out lately, that they're interpretations of classic styles, not just revivals or recreations. The age of the revival is certainly in the past. Uh, we had a big wave there for a long time. Uh, and there are some really great type designers out there essentially translating their, their interpretations of these classic styles in ways that only they can. So. Uh, yeah, that's really needed. All these diverse voices coming out, uh, very refreshing. And we're also getting a good range of new releases that include uh, where the inspiration came from, a deep dive into where mm. the uh, design, where the inspirations for the designs are coming from, uh, which helps us know what we're looking at. That's true. I think leaving it as inspiration too, not as reference. There's a, a slight difference in process there that is starting to produce these really innovative uh, type designs. Well, speaking of that, uh, Irregardless is the latest font release from Oh No Type Co. Not Kyle, Kyle's not a word. It is a word. <laughs> it is. Got another. It is. Irregardless, it is a word. Another weird name, but so in keeping with Ono's process. Designer James Edmondson says Irregardless was formed from a design journey of fighting impulses in search of something new and comfortable, which I really admire. It's a condensed Sans family with a more hand-drawn vibe as opposed to the more digital type vibe. Certainly not worried about neutrality in any way. A lot of personality. The letter forms have a tension in them that looks like they're just like waiting to burst out. It kind of reminds me of, I guess, like this moment in time with releasing Irregardless um, with, for Oh No kind of reminds me of a, a hit breakout musical artist kind of going back into the studio after their first successful album or two uh, and trying to reconnect with their original voice and what made them successful in the first place for a sophomore album that they don't really care if the critics like or not. They did it because it was genuine creation for them. I get that vibe from uh, Irregardless from you, Ono. You know what Irregardless reminds me of? What's that? It, it looks like it's constantly shrugging. <laughs> it looks like it's just saying, I am what I am. Yep. Irregardless it's of what you think. unapologetic. I think it would have been a good other name. Here I am. Yeah. Um, so Irregardless really is an honest and genuine typographic offering clocking in at eight font styles. That's four weights of Roman and italics. And Josh, I think you will like this uh, with one of the coolest features, a whiz bang boom container style for bubble and frame making. Oh, man, 
Whiz bang boom, my friends. <laughs> Next, we just need a whiz bang boom arcade, and then I'm yeah. hooked. And then, then I'll hold bar. Um, so James did this with uh, another font that he released a while ago, Hobo Rococo, um, spelled the French way, <laughs> where he had all these framing devices, and it was, um, I don't know, it was very elaborate and ornate. Uh, but here, it's gl- I'm glad to see that he still sees frames and furniture and kind of these rules and lines as a perfectly viable arena of type design um, to jump into. It's I don't see a lot of other type foundries releasing fonts with container styles. There are a few. Um, Grand Blue, recently from Future Fonts, uh, etc. But um, yeah, Irregardless is pretty fantastic. Constant shrugging font. <laughs> So, yep, that's it for me. Uh, What did you see in the weekly this week, Josh? How about you? So in the weekly this week, we highlighted a a new stories section that's been launched uh, by Rui Abreu of R Typography uh, that he's going to do uh, regularly to give a a deeper dive into his design process. Uh, Started out with uh, his first main article, the the unofficial origins of uh, his typeface chassis. Mm-hmm. But he also did a, a an introduction article just to explain what he's doing. And Kyle, you noted a, a line in there that we wanted to just talk a little bit more about this week. Yeah. Um, he has, quote, discovered that type design is very much a self-referential craft. Kyle, tell me tell me what, what it was about that line that, that perked your ears or yeah, eyes, as it were. I, it's a good, I, I thought that was such a great line. Um, especially in talking about modern type design, because it, there's this one side of it uh, where you have all of this history to kind of compare up to. Um, so you can be constantly self-reference, uh, self-referencing in your style. But there was another part of that line that jumped out to me and why I wanted to uh, talk about it was there was a, there's an element of like putting yourself into the typefaces. So, a designer, the typeface itself is referencing the designer's self in its expression. Uh, I, I just think that's particularly true with Rui's work, where a lot of his typefaces, you can kind of tell they're from our typography. And it got me thinking, like, what is what is that special thing that's always instilled in certain boundaries and certain designers' typefaces that makes them theirs? And we were talking about earlier in the releases, this idea that we're getting a lot of explanations from the designers of, of inspiration, uh, where the, the idea came from. And so this, to me, is ties in very much to this article and that line in particular, that you're going to be self-referential, you're going to bring your experience and your work before, and even just what it is that inspired you into your work no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, there's this idea of style that starts to emerge. Um, and it also kind of reminds me of, of the blues, blues music. It's a very simple premise. There is there are a couple of basic rules that you have to follow in order to be traditional blues. But the way that certain musicians are able to play that through those rules makes it incredibly different and ownable each time uh, and really special. Like 
I'm starting to see that in type design where, yes, you can make a Scotch Roman. Yes, I can make a grotesque, but I'm going to be doing it in my way. I'm not trying to adhere to um, just one specific uh, model. Um, so there's a, a reference to your yourself and your own guiding light, as well as you know the history that's come before. That's how I always felt when I was performing. There was this mm. kind of unspoken rule, or or I guess it was spoken because it was taught to me, but that if you're playing a role that there's a film version of, that you you cannot see, you cannot watch that film in sure. preparation, yeah. because you you would you would be too influenced by it. And I always thought that this was bull because <laughs> I'm going to be bringing who I am to this performance no matter what. As long as I am mm-hmm. not trying to do an imitation of that, why wouldn't... That's just homework to me, to go mm. see what's out there. What did someone do? And if it's in a film, presumably they it worked for them. So why wouldn't I go at, seek out what has worked before and then work that into what I bring to the table. Right. And I think we you mentioned earlier that difference between, what was it, inspiration and reference. Right. That if you are seeking something to inspire your next work or what you're putting into your typeface, your performance, your music, your writing, then that's part of the process. That's doing the homework. If you're looking for a reference to then pick it up and put it in what you're doing, that that's, we start getting into a danger zone. Yeah. And that may be a thin line, but it always bugged me this this hard line of do not look up what has come mm-hmm. before you. Do not put in the work. Seems like, seems like bad advice to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and um, most times knowing the history of your craft is helpful. Um, when it comes to artistic so. expression, it's sure you, it could be used in a debatable way, but yeah, I usually think it's helpful to know your history. Just don't copy it. <laughs> Those who don't know history are bound to repeat it. So why not know the history so you don't repeat it? Yeah. Or at least build on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that self-referential line was really deep from Rui's blog post and um, would love to kind of hear what everybody else has to say about that. Definitely worth thinking about as you enter into your own design process. Our main conversation today is inspired by a tweet that came out yesterday, yesterday from our recording, May 19th from Plow Design that tweeted out, has anyone tried to classify fonts using role-playing game personalities? I think most corporate typefaces are lawful neutral these days, but we all live for the chaotic good. And this seems like this is right up our alley. And we wanted to explore, we wanted to start everybody off on their categorization of fonts as these role-playing categorizations, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's a it's an old Dungeons and Dragons thing that when you're coming up with your character, uh, you have to determine that character's lawfulness and mortality. And then you can 
lawfulness would go from lawful to neutral to chaotic morality, good, neutral, evil. And then you've got a three by three grid that your character can be in one of those boxes as a lawful good character or a neutral chaotic or chaotic evil, something like that. Um, and so we're going to apply that to fonts. We're going to treat fonts as characters and determine, first of all, what is, how can a font be chaotic or good or lawful or not? Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to see if we can start everybody off with what fonts go in which box. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, now, this is great. I, I love this task and uh, it's surprisingly difficult as, to as, pick them out. As we will all find out, this is difficult. Yeah, I think this matrix is a really good way to uh, kind of ca start to recategorize things even. Um, I know there's been a lot of conversation around categorization or classification of fonts lately. And this is a super wild, different take. Um, I personally hadn't really dove too far into this uh, very established matrix of um, kind of lawfulness uh, and personality, but it's applied to fonts. It's surprisingly, uh, you know, diverse, and you get start get, you start looking at the personality of the fonts as opposed to the kind of visual attributes, and that's a cool take. It's a new fun twist on how to even view the typefaces that are out there. And we're all in this together. We're figuring this out as we go. So, yep. So I've got some picks. You've got some picks. We can dive right in. First, Kyle, what would you say makes a typeface? The what is the what is the lawfulness of a typeface? What makes it lawful, neutral, or chaotic? Yeah, great question. To me, this was an aesthetic choice or a, uh, I guess, a tameness. How irreverent it was how challenging it was to um, expectations of what a font is does or should look like um, so that's my my lawfulness kind of spectrum lawfulness is tough I think we might have mm -hmm. I think everyone comes with their own interpretation on that one we'll have yeah. to see when we go through this uh, but similarly what to you makes a typeface good neutral or evil Good, neutral, or evil. It's hard to personify type. I usually discourage personifying. So I tried to not say good, neutral, or evil in terms of personification or humanizing right. the font. I chose to look at it in terms of uh, legibility, okay. readability, or usefulness right. as a font. Um, there are some fonts out there that are just up to no good. That was the right. bottom right-hand side of my matrix. You're either up to no good, just out to be disruptive, or um, you know, bottom left-hand side of the matrix was you know, you're just challenging. For me, I leaned a little bit more on intent. I think is the is the the intent mm. of this font just evil. But but we'll see. We'll see as we go through. I can't wait. I'm so I curious wait for what this. that means. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's go box by box. And uh, listeners yeah. at home, write out your own grid right now. We'll play along. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with lawful good, which I don't know about you. Yeah. I found this one to be the hardest one. 
Sure. What did you have as lawful good? Okay, so I went with the interpretation of lawful good being more of the classic trope, something that is uh, established, legible, and I kept most of my answers here to, to modern fonts, things that were released in the last 20 years. So as not to kind of sure. be that obscure. Uh, <laughs> um, so I chose Leon from Commercial Type, which is uh, a, it's a serif design. It's a text design. It's uh, pretty classically inspired. I don't know. It just felt lawful and good to me. <laughs> that's, that's all we can ask. Uh, I went. Yeah, it's clean. It's I don't know. I went a little bit strange with this one. I went with. Okay. Went, yeah. This is I hard went for with you. Highway Gothic. I went with what they put on street signs <laughs> because it's it has a good intent. It has I can a good see that. intent. Yeah. It is there for a mm. purpose. It does the job well. It is legible. It its whole purpose is legibility. There are actually laws written yeah, there about are laws it. So written yeah. about it. So I took a very literal <laughs> lawful meaning uh, to lawful good. I think that's. I, I feel good about that, even though it was it was difficult. I like that. Yeah, typeface that does good out in the world. That's right. Or fixes a problem. That could be a de definition of good. That's that great. That feels lawful and good to me. That's simultaneously. All right, Kyle. Neutral. It's a good choice. Neutral good. Neutral good. Okay, so I may be picking neutral in the type design term a little too literally here, but uh, neutral good. Um, I was looking for something that was... Uh, not too personality filled, but still keeping, you know, some something uh, special about it and legible and uh, kind of all around useful. So neutral good to me was uh, Knockout by Huffler and Co. Um, followed by Champion too could have been a good one, but but Knockout. It's it's one of those take it or leave it fonts. When you see it out there, you're like, oh, that's great that's uh, super legible it's got some kind of style to it but it's it's nothing that you would kind of pick out of a lineup as uh irritating or any in any way so neutral good so i went i went with our old friend garamond basically neutral good to me neutral good to me was just a serviceable serif if it had if it was a serif <laughs> just it's serviceable good, it's neutral and and we know I love Garamond, even though the DC courts don't, as previ previously discussed <laughs> yeah. on the Interrogang podcast. Uh, but yeah, anything <laughs> that's just a solid, clean, usable serif felt like a neutral good to me. I feel like the word to describe this box is inoffensive. It's like it doesn't but with a, ruffle but it's still any be feathers. Good. We're not in neutral neutral yet. It's right. still got to be right. yes. like... Yes, good, and I have yeah. nothing else to say about it. Yeah, it's great, and other than that, I'm apathetic. <laughs> All right, we're getting we're getting fun now. Chaotic good, mm. Kyle. Yeah, this is a fun box. Chaotic. I actually really like this yeah. one. I I I know I said that evil's my favorite, but chaotic typefaces. <laughs> Chaos is such a good word. Is so much fun. What are the typefaces mm -hmm. out there that are creating chaos for good, Kyle? For good. Yeah. So the the tweet itself referenced um, that everybody wants to be in this box. Everybody wants to be chaotic good. And I think I agree with that. I think from what we've been seeing in our research, Josh, that uh, buying 
tastes of of the font buying public are kind of looking into this box these days. So, um, so for this box is actually really fun. I chose Swear by Oh No Type Company. It is pretty bonkers. It's very irreverent. It's adventurous in its design style. Um, and it pushes a lot of bounds in really good ways. So uh, the stress is off in places. The, um, I don't know, the, the weight is wavy and funky. And I don't know, he puts things into this font that uh, you would be like, that is nuts. Uh, do you really need that? Yeah, sure. It fits. Throw it in. You know, it, there's a, a level of chaos to it. So for chaotic good, I chose Swear by Ono Typo. I admit I cheated a little bit on this one. I have I have two <laughs> answers and one of them's like a big cheat. The big cheat is I basically said any variable fonts are chaotic oh, good. Oh yeah, that's a cheat. Get out of here with that. <laughs> but also my real answer, my real answer is emojis. Totally off the beaten path, totally chaotic. Okay. Totally there's a whole world you've opened Pandora's box with emojis <laughs> and it is how we now communicate chaotic good i'll buy that yeah that's an interesting right, so take that's like a left left hook in and variable uh, fonts was rejected that. but emojis emojis is my answer <laughs> yeah i think emojis is a good choice chaotic good yeah there's something uh you know happy or optimistic or delightful about it um it's not offensive it's more sought out it can so, be yeah. offensive if you just text someone <laughs> emojis eggplant can be peach offensive. but <laughs> or inoffensive depending on if you wanted to hear that from that person anywho sure uh anyway now we've top row that all sounds pretty good as I, far as like good so far basis. we have not had any severe uh disagreements though it's yeah. getting tough it's getting tough in this in this neutral mm-hmm. line Lawful neutral, Kyle. Yeah, so lawful neutral. I interpreted this box as being um, a neutral typeface that is inoffensive, highly useful, perhaps a workhorse typeface um, that actually meets a need and is, in a sense, following the rules um, and just kind of straight ahead, no nonsense. I chose Brandon Grotesque from... Hannes van Doren, uh, HVD fonts. It's widely used. It's generally accepted, um, but it's also pretty neutral. It doesn't have a lot of insanity to it. So um, its in- intent is good, I guess. I don't know. That branding grotesque seemed to fit there. This is the one that I'm least proud of, but I, I still feel like it's a solid answer, but it's a <laughs> generic answer. It's not it's not impressive. I'm not particularly proud of myself. Yeah. Uh, I went with Helvetica. Oh, in that Helvetica, very surprising. Helvetica has, it serves quite, it carries a heavy load. It does its job. It is pretty much used up. It has done what it's set out to do. And it's there. It is very there. <laughs> I would have thought you would have put Helvetica in the middle. So I'm actually excited to see what you do in the middle. I I do have I have <laughs> I can one up Helvetica on the okay total like whatever neutral neutral. But <laughs> let's move now that good segue neutral neutral yes neutral neutral the most neutral thing ever box. right 
what do you got kyle okay so for me i <laughs> i wanted to go uh, again more modern so i was assuming that you would probably have picked helvetica for something like this and i think a lot of people would um people sure. who don't know fonts very well would probably just say oh yeah helvetica is probably the most basic i would not argue basic thing ever um but for me i went with um any of the tech sans type bases out mm-hmm. there um the particularly neutral circular from Lenetto. Um, to me, this is just white bread. It is absolutely, I, I'm so apathetic to it. I, I wouldn't reach for it in a design, but when it's up, I don't have an issue with it. I, it's just, I don't know. It's the most neutral kind of typeface I could imagine for this grid. <laughs> So neutral, neutral to me did imply what is the most just there typeface. <laughs> what it just hanging it, out there. It just space. simply is the alphabet. Nothing else. It's just what you mm, got. Interesting. And so my answer is Arial. I have nothing to say about it. It is simply what okay. you use. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so I think I have a lot to say about that. Yes. <laughs> I I think you should switch your two boxes there from you think lawful so? and neutral. Okay. I don't know. Like okay. Ariel, yes, very white bread. Probably more ubiquitous than Helvetica, even because of the email and and um you know default status of Ariel. I get it. I get Helvetica it. Helvetica actually like carries a weight to me. The fact that it it, it mm. is an institutionalized New York City subway, it has a job. Ariel is sitting on the couch eating Cheetos. <laughs> and so that's okay, the I difference that. to me. Okay. I can see that. Yes. That's fair. That's my that's my distinction between yeah. the two. Yeah. I would not argue anyone. Uh, if anyone wanted to argue, I'm not going to put up a fight on that one. But that's my distinction. <laughs> uh, I stand by it to a point. Chaotic neutral, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. So I actually really this like one's this interesting. box because... The idea, this, the concept of being completely neutral yet a little chaos reminded me of uh, something that is totally like normal in appearances on the surface, but definitely has one or two screws loose. Uh, so for me, I chose Spoof by Polytype. Um, this is a pretty neutral looking Sans typeface. Uh, kind of stemming out of that neutral, neutral tech sans entry I had. Um, however, it definitely has one or two screws loose in places. And you can see it's like just slightly unraveling mm-hmm. just a little bit. It's got an anxiety disorder or something <laughs> that is kind of pushing it, pushing it, it out. <laughs> does it need to talk to someone? And uh, yeah, it's, it does. Like it needs to go to therapy. therapy. And I felt like, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a little bit of chaos coming Shining through the cracks of this of this typeface, so for me, chaotic neutral. We'll get goes we'll get spoof. spoof some Xanax, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend googling this one. It's a great typeface. Um, I admit this one's this one was fun to think about, and I think that in all of our conversations in the past weeks about uh, really true experiments in in new designs, that that's mm, chaotic yes. neutral. You're you're pushing the boundaries. You're you're poking holes, but it's it is neither good nor evil. It is we're just seeing what's there. Yeah. Um, 
So other than that, other than thinking about what are the experimental ones, uh, the answer I came to was, uh, again, an, uh, a classic uh, papyrus in that it is there, serves its purpose, mm-hmm. but it's it definitely has more to it than most uh, uh, commonly used, than most commonly used typefaces. Uh, it has its chaos to it. It has its mm-hmm. uh, more direct purpose. But ultimately, it just kind of is, okay, yeah, that's, yes. Yep. I completely agree with you. And at the same time, I want to disagree with you so much. (laughs) Like, your reasoning for putting that in there is totally sound. And like, yep, I get it. I just hate the fact that papyrus is chaotic neutral. <laughs> you hate the reality it, it just of makes it. makes so much sense, but it, yeah, that's it's hilarious. Like, uh, that's a harsh That's reality. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I've just shattered your worldview by identifying yeah. <laughs> papyrus as a chaotic neutral I mean, neutral when you, you saw what happened when Avatar came through and everybody was up in arms, like, yeah, there's the <laughs> yeah, chaos that's for right. you. It's neutral enough to be subtitled. I didn't even but, think about the idea of the yeah. use of papyrus <laughs> has become chaotic over time. Yes, and that so that is certainly true. All the more reason why papyrus d- deserves to be in chaotic neutral, in that yeah. the people who use it on their wedding invitations, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, you, it's like for me, the word that I had in this box was subversive. Like I wanted a yeah, sub- yeah. of subversive typeface, a smart ass, a smart Alec that's just like trying to you know push the bounds just a little yes. bit in a cheeky way um yours is a much better broad uh description (laughs) if you were trying to truly fill this box but all the more reason why i'm understanding why it bugs you that then papyrus actually fits in there (laughs) yeah there you go all right let's jump down to the last row let's get into the the fun stuff here we are now officially (laughs) evil in the evil kyle lawful evil yes lawful evil Okay, so I had a lot of fun filling out this bottom row, be- <laughs> and I tried not to fill it with with typefaces that I hate. <laughs> um, I for this one for lawful evil, I really wanted to find one where I appreciated the the ways that it was challenging my expectations of what a typeface is. Um, where it's just like you know what screw your traditions i'm making a typeface that's just kind of fun and crazy but still done in a way that is respectful of the idea of what a typeface is like it's not just throwing shit against the wall just for fun um so i chose digestive um, which is now available at oh no typeco uh, but was a future font for a long time Um, it's this like yeah, this this narrow, wavy design that uh, bucks a lot of tradition and is has become a, a go-to typeface for a lot of um, kind of challenging design rule design uses, I guess. I don't really know. But digestive is uh, my lawful evil choice. Evil to me really ventured into unusable or we're daring you to use us where hmm. that, yeah, that, that's that. the, the defining feature. And so I 
for Lawful Evil, I went into one uh, that we have referenced, that I referenced on a previous episode, my good friend Nouvelle Noir, that is described as the least readable font ever, but (laughs) was designed to serve a purpose, to push the boundaries, how far can we go using the rules, the laws given to us. Yeah, staying in the lines. We're we're following all the rules. But challenging every single one of them. What, you can't read it? Well, (laughs) fuck you then. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. So, that, yeah, there's an evilness there. I get that it, it. We don't plan for you to use this. We don't want you to use this, but we're following all the rules. We're not breaking anything. We're not making it ugly. <laughs> it technically counts. It technically is sound. And if you want to try to force it into somewhere, you're more than welcome. But God help you. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's a good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, neutral evil. Just just yeah. evil for evil's sake. <laughs> evil for evil's sake. To me, neutral evil was a a typeface that didn't really have any malintent. It was just it just shows up as a pretty bonkers looking typeface. I don't know. I chose uh Western Wind by Olga Ompleva. Um it's actually on future fonts. It's it's just nuts. <laughs> uh, it, it's evil because <laughs> it's uh, it, it really chooses to not follow any of the rules while still being legible, and it just looks like a. No, I just made this um, for fun. Kind of typeface, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. This one, Western Wind, is uh, is interesting. It's just a, a nuts design. It sounds like you put some actual thought into this one. I admit, this one I just I <laughs> went with what was obvious. I think there's, I think there's a very obvious answer to this one. This is yeah. where Comic Sans goes. Uh, sure, yes, and I would agree with but, that. But I did. I, so I, I thought of that. I wrote it down. I thought, no, I need to bring something else to the table. So I'm going to bring back. One that we've discussed on this podcast, curls would be <laughs> neutral evil. It is evil. Yeah. There's no denying yeah. that it's evil, <laughs> but it doesn't even, it's not even worth considering if it's lawful. Okay. It is just evil. It's evil. I have no qualms okay. with that. I think that's totally Thank right. You. I appreciate and, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's, that is the home. Comic Sans rules the land that is neutral evil, I think. I, I I would, that one I would. I don't think it was intended to get into that spot. Oh, certainly but not. But throughout use and history, it's But that was the explanation you get. The spokesman for that spot. You just said spot. your explanation was, it wasn't intended yes. to be evil. It just found its way yes. towards evil. It's just gotta be. It just yeah. leaked into <laughs> evil. Uh, all right, and now the ultimate fun. Chaotic evil in type. Chaotic evil. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have this pet peeve with a specific genre of type design, which is this like, I don't know, distorted for distorted sake kind of typeface. Um, It's not serving any purpose. It's not helpful. It's not insightful. It's just chaos for chaos's sake and truly subversive design. I couldn't find one specific typeface that uh, kind of 
made that genre. Um, so, I mean, you, you can kind of think like metal band logos. <laughs> like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just kind of absurd. Um, so, as not to cop out and just say one entire genre of fonts, um, I went a little bit for a deep cut in this category for chaotic evil. And I thought about some of the historic graphic design uses that I thought were chaotic evil. Um, and the whole deconstructivist period of the 90s where you were ripping up pieces and tearing things up, chopped and screwed, glued upside down, left and right, dingbats style typesetting, yeah. you know? I went with Emma Gray and their font. It's called Not Caslon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, it, it's basically just a collage of other font pieces frankenstein mm. together into uh, just to make letters and, and there's no baseline there's no a sense of case it's just chaotic evil any type malintent face. deconstruction uh, nuts. would be yes. chaotic evil yeah so that's where i landed it's a bit of a deep cut it was made in 1991 and um i don't know how many sales of it <laughs> emigre still gets but um to me that it was emblematic it's, of chaotic it's not evil particularly surprising that your answer came from emma gray for chaotic evil <laughs> we love you emma gray but that just yeah. seems like the yeah, place of course the place to find your chaotic yeah. evil they ha- i think they had the most fun right. oh. emma gray had the most fun you have and getting to chaotic that's evil the point any character that it, we've ever classified as chaotic evil are the characters who are having the most fun the, the one everybody kind the of jealously wants is to use, the, but never the will. Poster child for chaotic yeah. evil. He had a great time. Yes. He was having a grand old time, <laughs> laughing his little ass off. Mm-hmm. My answer yeah. is uh, very bland. I it is not a deep cut. <laughs> as as much hype no. as that was for how much you loved evil, it's going to no, be bland. No, well, it's just it. It's not going to be surprising. It's not a deep cut. Okay. It's wingdings. <laughs> If you hit uh, an eight on the keyboard, a picture of a computer mouse comes up. That is chaotic evil. <laughs> You're not giving me what I asked for. It is bonkers. Yes. It is chaos. I can't use it. It's not useful mm-hmm. to me in any way. And it's been on yeah. the Microsoft Office since time immemorial. That is chaotic evil <laughs> to me. I think that's a great choice. I think that's a fantastic choice. You can have it's technically a font somehow so part of the rules. But yeah, if you try to type out you your name, you get you don't get something you didn't get anything you asked for. Not what you were looking for. Yep, <laughs> chaotic evil embodied. If you ask for a sandwich and they give you a live fish wrapped in a T-shirt, that's chaotic evil, <laughs> and that's what Wingdings is to me. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Great choices, Josh. I think overall, the top line are a little bit more classic and expected and ones that you like or would prefer to use. Yes. The bottom row being all evil are the uh, the ones that have a lot of fun. However, uh, there could be some angst in there. So real quickly, <laughs> let's return to the, the original tweet that said, most yeah. corporate typefaces are lawful neutral but we all live for the chaotic good. 
And yep, and I think that fits my matrix. I think that, I think that statement is correct. However, I do think in the attempt to seek out chaotic good, I think a lot of new releases land in chaotic neutral. Yes. I think we seek yeah, chaotic think, good. Mm-hmm. But also there's a lot to be said, as you said, any of the anything in that good top line becomes is mm-hmm. usable. That's what a typeface defined as as morality good means it's it's usable. So there's plenty out there that's coming out seeking to be lawful. The they may be squares, but yeah, I think that's good insight there, Josh. I think most people, in an attempt to get to one of the extreme corners of this matrix, land somewhere in the middle due to fear of not being able to sell it or it being well received, uh, economic or you know brief um, restrictions, or just a or just a know. missed mark. I think sometimes it's it's not yeah. a mistake. It's just where it ended up. You didn't yeah. quite get there. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. We the point totally. of this is there are released published fonts in all of these categories. You can make anything in any of these and sell them. And they could be on Microsoft Office for the entirety of their time, even though they are completely useless <laughs> to all mankind. And isn't that inspirational? Doesn't that make you feel good about the work you can do? It's what we all aspire to. <laughs> I aspire to being completely useless to mankind and yet still getting by. Well, you're well on your way. <laughs> there was too much silence after I said that. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. That's right. It sounds about right. Awesome. Got nothing to say about that. Yeah, let's do an outro. Uh, okay. That's it for this week's Interrogang. Special thanks, as always, to Andrew Spheris, our editor and all things tech master. Original music featured throughout this episode was composed by Andrew Spheris as well. The Interrogang podcast can be found on our website, proofco.xyz slash podcast, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere you find your podcasts. If you want to receive more type news and notes, Head to our website and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co, or email us at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any questions for us, or have any thoughts on what we discussed in any of our episodes, or if you find yourself creeping towards chaotic evil more and more every day, we'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for being a part of the Interrogang. We will see you next week. Yeah, it's a little cringy. You don't like how I'm sounding? Oh, boy. <laughs>